Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is my bestie and the bestie of the pot well one of the besties of the pod let's be real here there's a few of them it's lauren gismondi everyone yay i'm back <laughs> welcome back it's it feels like it's been a minute i guess so i think last time i was here we were doing um 1776 Wow, it's been a minute. <laughs> uh, but we're here to talk about Girl Crazy, nineteen the nineteen forty three version. I'll put a pin in that for a hot second. Uh, <laughs> screenplay is by Fred Finkelhoff. I'm going with it. Music sure. uh, based off the musical play by Guy Bolton and Jack McGowan. Music by George Gershwin, lyrics by Ira Gershwin, uh, directed by, for the most part, Norman Tarog, but I Got Rhythm was directed by Busby Berkeley, and according to IMDb, a young philandering playboy is sent to a college, with a capital C, by the way, (laughs) somewhere in the American West, and organizes a show together with his sweetheart to save the college from closure due to failing enrollments. Now, if you're wondering why I had all those pauses, because there's a thousand commas in this, I didn't add them. This is all IMDb, I promise. Um, I've never seen this movie before. I'm assuming you have, since you picked it. Uh, Yes, yes. So uh, growing up, I mean, maybe not really been growing up. In my teen years, TCM, which stands for Turner Classic Movies, was a mainstay staple at my parents' house. And when my grandparents came to visit, it was also something that like we, it was just always on. Um, we did TCM trivia. It was very serious. <laughs> so I was exposed to a lot of these MGM musicals when I was in my like preteen into teenage years i have to say too i think this is my first black and white movie that i've covered oh oh i see okay no i've seen i've seen black and white movies don't get me wrong i've seen silent films trust me i've seen i've seen a lot of movies like minor in film studies in college and you just somehow saw no black and no 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 i meant for (laughs) this podcast this is my first black and white movie and i mean i'm surprised it's black and white because what was it 43 yeah it was after the point where they were making movies in color yeah so there do you think though that the black and white helps or hinders the story or does it not matter I, that's interesting because I didn't think of it that way. I really thought it was more of a budget thing. Oh. But that could just be me. <laughs> Maybe MG. I mean, you have to think about it. It's World War Three. World War Three. Oh my gosh. Yes. World War Two. <laughs> yes, we're just jumping right over two and going straight to three in 1943. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
whoops, uh, Freudian slip. Um, no, it, I mean, it does make sense. And they yeah. probably were trying to save some money yes. for his things. But um, I don't know. I think I I wish there was a color version of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's some costumes that I'm just like, I want to see you and what you actually are. Like uh, her ber- her birthday dress. Yes. I, I it could be black and white, it can be shades of purple, it could be reds. I don't know. I want to know. But it was gorgeous either way. Uh so this is actually, like I said, based off of a stage version um the show girl crazy opened on broadway in 1930 Mm -hmm. with ginger rogers playing the character molly gray now why does that sound familiar because that is the role judy garland plays in this movie but they changed it to ginger for two reasons one to pay homage to ginger rogers and two i read this on imdb grain of salt everyone Mm -hmm. During a performance of the show, uh, Alan Kearns, who was her, uh, who was the, uh, what's his name? Mickey Rooney character. um, Accidentally said Ginger's real name during a scene and they kept it in the show. As because it got such a big laugh and everything, he's it was supposed to be like I love you, Molly, and instead he said I love you, Ginger. So there, little trivia there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also, the show is famous for Ethel Merman's debut. Oh, was she Polly? She, um, I don't know what her character name was, but she sings "I Got Rhythm." Oh, okay, okay. launched her 50-year career mm-hmm. um and then this musical turned out to be the basis for crazy for you yes musically speaking though not plot no. or anything else because <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since i've seen crazy for you and i had to reread it and i was like this is nothing like, like this show and yeah. i don't even I couldn't even find what the plot breakdown for the show was because I don't know how true it is of an adaptation. <laughs> I'm not sure either. Because, <laughs> like, it's it, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like it might it might be the same, but there's also other other movies I've done that have the stage version where they're just like, we're just taking the shows and like the songs and like the names and maybe a detail here and there, but we're going to change everything else. And it's like, okay, so it's a different property entirely. Great. (laughs) I'm pretty sure all crazy for you is just like the book is just propped up by the Gershwin's music. Basically. Yes. Cause that's the best way to just the best, I mean, the most succinct way to describe it. Because, like, this is the the songs in here, I believe all of them, except, well, let me rephrase that. The songs in the show version, I believe, are all in Crazy For You. Mm-hmm. Or they are the majority of the songs in Crazy For You, and the rest of them are the other Gershwin music. Mm-hmm. But, okay, 
since we're on, we're talking about music for a hot second. Fascinating rhythm. There is lyrics, yes? Yes. Okay. Not in, the, not in this movie version. Um, this one, it was, I think they even say it in the movie. Like, this is the one that we got specifically for our band. Uh, I may have blacked that, that detail out. And then I was just <laughs> like, Tommy Dorsey, welcome back to the podcast. But like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say that at the very beginning of the number because there are lyrics. It's fascinating rhythm. You got me on the go. Fascinating rhythm. I'm all quiver. And it goes on and on about how like the fascinating rhythm is like so jarring to my senses (laughs) i couldn't find though like is it in a show i don't know i i grew up with it as a jazz standard so it's possible it's been in a show okay because but for sure it's definitely like you can find recordings of definitely ella fitzgerald singing it probably i was gonna gonna say uh, ella is like that you go to the Wikipedia page for the song and it lists every version. Yes. But like, I couldn't find on that list if it was in a musical. Mm -hmm. So maybe I just know it from life. Possibly. I think John in earnest, uh, the first time I even heard it was when we were in high school and we did it in jazz choir. That makes sense. Remember those days, the metronomes, the Long Island sound. Oh my God. Triggering and true. (laughs) That is the first time I was exposed to it. That makes a shit ton of sense now that you say it. (laughs) Oh my God. So. You're welcome. So Busby Berkeley Mm -hmm. uh, directed I Got... I got rhythm sequence, right? Yeah, just a musical number. (laughs) So that is the first thing that was filmed for this movie. And there's speculation as to why he left. Oh, hi, puppy. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, everybody. I'm currently dog sitting. So if you hear little barks every now and then, it's a tiny Pomeranian named Yoko. I'm keeping it in every single bark. Good. She's good. She's been she's been pretty quiet. It's okay. So there's there's different reasons as to why Bugs but Busby Berkeley was uh fired from the movie. <laughs> um it was because like one reason is that he and Judy did not get along. Um another reason is that I got rhythm went so far over budget that they were like, You're done. Yeah, it becomes a concerning thing. But watching I Got Rhythm, I was just like, expect. I think I was expecting more of a spectacle. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a spectacle in the movie. It, yeah, uh, it is. But like, I don't know. I, I was hoping for like a bigger dance number than what we got. Because mm. like, okay. there's a lot of choreographed walking, which takes a while. And like, there's probably... That's probably why um, it went over budget because like mm-hmm. um, everyone is walking in rhythm and you have to be on the same beat. And I think they're like yeah. marching. The yeah. The synchronicity has to be on point. But I was just watching it. And I was like, this, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I want more bang for my buck. Where is it? <laughs> I want a bigger tap number. 
<laughs> like they they do dance don't get me wrong like judy and mickey dance and it's great and all by the way i think personally this is my second mickey rooney movie my first Mm -hmm. one being breakfast Mm -hmm. at tiffany's (laughs) okay well this is a step in in a different direction yes yes and i didn't realize how short he was (laughs) yeah he's my height if that and i'm five four just to give you perspective oh you're taller He's five there two. Oh, there you are. And there it is. And Judy's apparently 4'11. Sure. But they were like the same height. It was very cute. I say, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Put her in heels, and yeah, suddenly she's 5'2. <laughs> That's how uh, it works. Um, so what did you, like what do you think of this movie as a whole? It's sweet. And that's why I talked when I brought up World War II earlier, I think it's it's an important thing to mention because people were who weren't fighting in the war most likely knew people who were. And everybody was in the States, you know, were directly affected by what was going on in Europe and in the um Asian Pacific arena. And you went to the movies to kind escape. of escape all of that. The escapism and the desire for that escapism was real. They're coming out of the Great Depression and now we're in the middle of a war. (laughs) It's vaguely familiar, is it not, to what I feel like I'm going through right now (laughs) as a human person. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, pandemic and now there's a war and inflation and... So yeah, I'm going to go to the movies to like pretend my life doesn't suck as bad as it really does. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge a Marvel movie so hard because it's two two hours plus of me seeing, you know, aliens fight magicians. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I'll take it. So I, I didn't think we enjoyed Moonfall so much. True. We did enjoy (laughs) Moonfall. That's a great movie. Everyone <laughs> needs to see it. It's terrible. I loved every second of it. But like with this one though, it kind of felt like there were parts missing because mm-hmm. they reference things happening that we don't see necessarily. Right. So it felt like maybe there was like parts that were just snipped out to make it like uh, under two hours or something because it's it's like an hour 40 something oh yeah it's like yeah it's like an hour and 38 minutes or something to that effect yeah that dog man is going hog wild on that sorry i can mute my mic while she's no 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 it's so cute Do me a favor, send me a picture so I can put it on the socials. I will. I'll, hey, let me, I'll make ask her, if that's okay first. Make I'm her, sure make, will be yes, but just in case. Make her own little banner as special guest or something. Guest, just, Yoko the Pomeranian. <laughs> Yoko, uh, sweet, I'm sorry. I've been playing with her all morning. Uh, so she's like, why did you stop? Did she... Mean? work did she like girl crazy she slept through it <laughs> so i oh. that's that review <laughs> that's the real tea she slept oh. <laughs> but to get to like my actual feelings on the movie for real real i think it is sweet there's nothing about it that like requires a ton of thought 
Um, I think you sort of feel for Ginger kind of being the only relatively young woman under these circumstances. And then, you know, Mickey Rooney is just a dingleberry. (laughs) Straight, no chaser. Yeah. I mean, are we also supposed to believe that all those guys at the college are just love her as a sister? Oh, come on. You know what? I did have one very dirty thought concerning this when she was walking around them during the birthday scene i'm like oh my god it's like a wild west Ukaki circle and <laughs> i was like lauren you're disgusting like, i had the thought and then i was like you're disgusting immediately after well, i was like also not wrong this is also factual but like it's weird because there's like a respect thing because obviously she's the granddaughter of the dean and so the boys of the school don't want to like obviously go against him or anything like that but to me i was just like only one of them is really like had the balls enough to be like we're dating and the and rest- it doesn't sound like it was really a consensual relationship <laughs> it just seemed like a relationship out of necessity because it's sure. like you're you i'm attracted to you you're attracted to me we should be dating mm-hmm. and it's all surface yes Again, not a lot of thought, not a whole lot going on. Because, like, when he proposes to her and she's like, no, <laughs> I want romance. And he's like, what's romance? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know romance is. I'm just practical. I thought we were above that. That was the line. I thought we were above that. And for me, I had that moment of, wow, you must really not get it. Like, <laughs> Like, really, really not get it. Like, what's wrong with a little bit of romance? Yeah, I want to be wined and dined and wooed. I know what the end result's going to be no matter what, probably. But like, come on! But not... Forplay is important, and it starts at dinner. (laughs) But not the way Mickey Rooney's doing it, because I feel like he's doing it wrong. He's the opposite, where it's just like you are so pig-headed and just so blissfully stupidly ignorant because he's you know he's a, as the imdb describes him he's a playboy he i mean is, they even i think they even say that in the movie right yeah yes that's what they call him that's what i think judy garland's character refers to him as oh you have a playboy from from new york yeah oh okay and that's sort of like it like that is where they're that's how the relationship begins but i have to say though they have the textbook definition of a meat cute. Yes. That's probably one of the places where I think that phrase may have like originated. I wouldn't doubt it because, okay. So a mute cute for those of you who aren't part of like the film world or, or anything is when the romantic leads meet each other. And usually it's under like non-romantic situation. So in this case, Judy's fixing her jalopy I'm so happy I get to use that word. She's fixing her jalopy and um, Mickey Rooney just walks up to her and is just like, need help and everything and realizes it's a woman and starts helping her out. But also he's flirting so hard with her. But I, I thought it was cute. And yeah, I mean, like if anyone asks me what, how to define it, I'll just show them that scene. I feel like. 
I don't think I can find a better meat cute than that one. No, it's pretty straightforward. And what's also really nice about it is that um, you get a real sense of who their characters are, like what their, what their essences are from the very beginning. You know, and that's also the first time we see Judy Garland in this movie too, is her popping out from underneath the, her car <laughs> that's broken down in the middle of the desert. And you know what the best part of that whole thing is, is when as she's driving away, she could have taken him with her and she doesn't. And she holds and, that sign up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. She holds up the, the cardboard sign. I was like, yeah, that is something that I would do. <laughs> like, sorry, you're on your own. Big, brave man. You're all on your own. Figure it out. Um, so later in the movie, I think like two or three scenes later, it's when they have to go to that sleep Uh, that camp out or whatever. And I wasn't sure about this, but maybe you have more insight than I do. Uh, So they give the boys at the college, give Mickey Rooney uh, the cowboy makeover. Like, I know he's supposed to look ridiculous, but do you think that they made him, they think he looks ridiculous or, I mean, he's wearing things that other people are wearing. Sure. Like those, those furry chaps. Or whatever they are. Somebody else is wearing them in, oh shit, what is that song? Uh, Biden My Time? Yeah, Biden My Time. So, like, I mean, I think for us it's supposed to be hilarious. But in the world of the movie, do you think the guys think, yeah, okay. I'm saying yes, and the only reason I really feel like it's a yes is because they also give him the wildest, most horse so not only does and the hat's too big and the, the chaps are ridiculous and he's you know he's not a he's he's a, a person of a smaller statue stature right. stature so of course by default he's gonna look a little clownish and then oh we're gonna put you on this horse and you oh you never no horse no problem he's really nice he's real tame like <laughs> like of course it's gonna be ridiculous and silly that's what it, we want. You know what? Okay, so have you ever seen the movie Dewberry Was a Lady? I covered this with Sierra a mm. while ago on here. You know what? I listened to your episode and then I remember thinking, I should watch this. And that is where, as usual for me, it began and, and ended. Or died. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities with details between this movie and that one, where Tommy Dorsey's in both of them, Rags is in both of them um and then also the club at the beginning i want to say is the same set that they used at dewberry like it it, i watched it and i was just like is this the same exact one um the only difference though is that they have the staircases in this one during uh treat me rough where all the chorus girls come out blew my mind too (laughs) like that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) uh but like i was just i don't know maybe i'll do a side-by-side picture of the club so people can vote for themselves (laughs) (laughs) let the audience weigh in i mean i haven't i didn't read anything that said that confirmed or denied that theory so um but what did you think of treat me rough it's a very interesting number to open a movie with yes (laughs) 
<laughs> and I mean, take the sexual innuendo out of it, and it's still there's sexual innuendo in it, Lauren. Huh? Huh? I'm there's not- some. There was some sarcasm there, just a, just a little sarcasm. Oh, oh, there was. I couldn't tell. I'm so glad you explained it to me. <laughs> it's a joke. It's comedy. Do you want me to explain what comedy is? <laughs> no, we need a whole other episode to do that. We shouldn't do that right here, right now. <laughs> That'll just be like we'll do a separate po- like podcast special where you have, you get to explain comedy to people like me. <laughs> And I'll just sit real quiet, like, and listen. <laughs> and, and every once in a while, I'll go, uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me more. Oh, boy. Um, no, in addition to, like, um, I had a point. Hold on. Okay. Um, no, you take out the sexual innuendo. And I'm like, and it's still a ridiculous number. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, it's it's a nice, interesting, um, I guess, reversal of gender roles maybe a little bit i don't know well because he's the son of a newspaper publisher right i mean he's also mickey rooney like if it was like fred astaire gene kelly or somebody else of that traditional handsome Mm -hmm. look it would be read differently i feel like Mm -hmm. but because mickey rooney is a comedic actor and they beat the shit out of him in it. Exactly. For a hot second, I thought it was a dream. <laughs> like I, I it does have that fantasy feel to it. Because like he walks in with women, mm-hmm. um, uh, and they're Who are all, driving his car. By the way, right here, driving his car. They go to the the swankiest club where everyone knows him. All the women are hitting on him. The women are kissing men on the forehead. I don't understand that, but I digress. But I just thought we were, I, like I said, never saw this movie. So I thought like literally after the song was over, it would do that weird hazy, like waking up from a dream (laughs) that was, that's representative and it didn't happen. So I was like, oh, this is real. Okay, cool. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's real. Well, in a way, you do. It is a dreamlike because the next scene is um, he's in his father's office, and his father's like, "Look at what you did. Look at this mess you made. I need to teach you a lesson." So, in a way, it does. It is sort of a fantasy without being a dream. Did the father in that scene say though that he went to the Cody College? No, I don't think so. I didn't Could- catch. We know he knows the governor of this whatever state they're in, this un, this nondescript state in the West. <laughs> I want to say Arizona. It has to be someplace like Arizona or New Mexico or... Not California. Probably not. I don't think it's coast. It didn't and, feel coast. And it's supposed to be, quote unquote, modern day. Like, it's supposed to be 1943, right? Yeah. That we're a set in. Because, like, when we go to Cody College, it seems like we're in an, an old, old Western. Like, I was, huh. It was, it was quite a shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, so earlier, I mentioned that this is the 1943 version of it because 
1932, so almost a decade earlier, RKO Pictures produced a film, um, Girl Crazy, that wasn't like the stage version. Rather, it highlighted the talents of Wheeler and Woolsey. I don't know. They're a comedic duo that I believe are just like Abbott and Costello or fuck. I can't think of the other one right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then in 1965, there's, there's a movie called when the boys meet the girls starring, starring Connie Francis, where they, (laughs) they change it so that instead of a college, it's a ranch for that's a haven for divorces mm-hmm. i'm kind of intrigued by this movie it's also a musical lauren oh good we have to come back <laughs> do we though i mean we said that about happy feet and happy feet Two, like wasn't this wasn't the same <laughs> i like this episode's basically become a retrospective on all the things that we've had to that we've sat through so far <laughs> yeah might as well right yeah, you have to think. So, uh, tangent back, not really tangent. Going back to the, the movie at hand. Um, this was four years after Judy Garland did Over the Rainbow. Sorry, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Over the Rainbow, which was in Wizard of Oz. So yes, you were correct. Yeah, I, I got there eventually. And uh-huh. I think it's what's interesting is that you know, for like somebody like myself, like I was that was how I got to know her first. I and think then, like, almost, uh, I think majority of people can say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, but like now we're just like, this is a, was a great version. Um, I, I've covered a few other ones of her mm-hmm. like summer stock. Yes. <laughs> That's, Oh, Oh, mm-hmm. that was a, that was amazing. If I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm no Judy Garland scholar or anything, but out <laughs> of the movies I've seen of her so far, I feel like she's always a strong woman in every role, um, even when she's the damsel in distress, quote-unquote. She's never really that much in distress Mm -hmm. like she can hold her own yes i'm a damsel i'm in distress i can handle it (laughs) to quote megara (laughs) where's my martini like (laughs) but it's i think that that was important to see on screen at this point in time because so many women, we're going back to the war, we keep dragging us back to the war in history and all that jazz. So many women had to step up in a lot of ways to keep the country, to keep their respective countries running. Not just the US, I'm talking, you know, all Globally, over. yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think that that's a nice thing to see reflected in a movie of that time. I mean, it's like, not only can you be that be strong and independent, what we would describe as fierce, honey, these days, um, but you could also like fall, you could fall in love, you could meet somebody. And it, it was possible to kind of be, to have both, 
Like, why must it be one or the other? And it's right. nice kind of see it like come to fruition in a movie really kind of early on and talking in the history of Hollywood. I, I just really appreciate her care. Like this character, um, because like, she's got a job, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's also like surrounded, literally surrounded by men. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is dating one of them, but like can also control the situation in a way. So like the men respect her. It's not, they're all, I mean, they're probably all in their own way will lust after her, but it's never aggressive or physical or anything. It's all like emotional or mental. And mm-hmm. like, like uh, doesn't Rags tell her like, uh for the the camping like before they go camping like it wouldn't be the same without your steaks or something like that <laughs> like, like her cooking steaks for them but like that's something that she does as an added thing it seems like it doesn't seem like that's her job because her job is to be the male person to say she runs the post office basically. yes their version of the post office so and also she does try to help to save the college um and like it seems like the some of the plan is hers in a way Uh, yeah i think so i mean obviously it becoming co-ed is really more mickey rooney's point because not necessarily that mostly like setting up the rodeo yes exactly that's what i mean the rodeo yes the rodeo the rodeo which okay john maybe we've been saying it wrong that's what i was gonna i was gonna say lord and i are from the east coast can anyone else confirm like is it rodeo or rodeo or has it changed over time sure i mean I, i think rodeo it's like rodeo drive right versus rodeo right but that'll be like the activity that's like Houston Street here in New York versus Houston, Texas, same spelling, different pronunciation. Yeah. yeah, which is just, I think, honestly, that's just New Yorkers being entitled. I always felt that way, but that's just me. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I used to call it Houston Street. And then one time I was here, somebody was like, oh, you sound like a tourist. It's Houston. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> that's dumb. I have to say though, like I know that they kind of bully him, but they kind of also welcome him. Um, when he goes to the college, like his roommate is the nicest guy. Yeah, he gets a good roommate who tells him has a nice little exposition song about how things go here. <laughs> I love an exposition song. We. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, what else? What else did I want to? There is we've gone all over the place. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So going back to fascinating rhythm for a hot second. Uh, so it's Tommy Dorsey in the orchestra. Yep. The, the fact that nobody was dancing also kind of irked me. That I was just like, I mean, it's great that you're enjoying the music, but like, aren't you at a a function where you're supposed to dance? But the thing I wanted to bring up 
Do you think that's actually Mickey Rooney playing? I thought so. I don't know if they had the tricks or the skills in filmmaking to, you know, substitute it out. Either that or I have to say his choreography is incredible. Yeah, because I, I, I was I, a little confused if that one was recorded live or if they recorded it in a studio because looking at the trumpet players, like, if they are lip syncing quote unquote i can't think of a better term right now but if they're not if they're not playing live they they're great at faking it because like there's all that tension in their cheeks and and neck and everything but his uh him playing the keys i was just like that is amazing i'm pretty sure it's him i mean i don't know if that's actually him on the recording but like He's but, playing the notes. Right, right, right. I think also it may have helped them save some money to like record it live, you know? Mm. That's mm. similarly, I'm like, that's an easy way to like save some pennies. <laughs> Damn you, Buzz. We're just going to record everything and film it at the same time. Sound running, what is it? Sound, sound speeding, cameras rolling, let's go. <laughs> Damn you, Busby Berkeley, for wasting all that money. You (laughs) fucked it up. (laughs) You, you fucked it up. Also, how do you feel about the cousin? Polly? Yeah. I fell for Polly. When they were like, she's like eating, I forget what it was, cheese. That was it. And Julia Andrews was like. No. Julia Andrews, who the fuck am I talking about? No. Take two. What movie are we talking about? What's going on? Girl crazy. We're talking about (laughs) girl crazy. Judy Garland. Um, Judy Garland says to her, like, you're eating, you need to stop eating all these cheeses or else you're essentially going to get fat. And Polly looks at her and just you know, if, if you look at me from the neck up, it doesn't really, <laughs> nothing else matters. He's like, I have not gotten nothing. Go-. Essentially, uh, to to, um, to summarize, I have nothing going for me, so who cares? And I felt that. I may use that on my on dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt it. I was like, wow, never have words right. struck art in such a way as a comedic actress i'm like yeah that is kind of how it feels sometimes especially if you're on screen with somebody who looks like judy garland it's like yeah like what the heck's the point (laughs) but more to the point the character itself does nothing yeah it's auxiliary to the point where i might even call it like the equivalent of um, the appendix i'm like it's there we're not sure why it's there but when it stops working, it wreaks havoc. Like, at least all the other characters, like Rags has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the roommate has a purpose. The ex-boyfriend slash sort of villain mm-hmm. has no. a purpose. Ish. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a villain for, like, all of five minutes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A- after the telegram fiasco that's it and then they and then they shake it off and then that's it <laughs> like what 
I don't know. Do you hear the snoring? I do. Okay, I'm really sorry. Snoring. This whole episode's basically been shot to hell because of the dogs, because I don't know what movie we're talking about. (laughs) Your guests are going to hate me for this, or maybe they'll love me. I don't know. No, I mean, it's all great content for the listeners to realize that we're humans. (laughs) And sometimes we don't know what's going on. And sometimes we don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on at half the time in this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Because, like, because, like, he he wants to leave, but he's going to stay because of her. um, And she doesn't like him, but then she magically falls in love with him because of the power of the script. And then, like, there's seven songs in this movie, and I was just like, that's it? And one of them is Happy Birthday. The fact that they sang Happy Birthday, and I I don't know how much they had to pay for that, like, that is wild. It's not like, you know, some sort of, like, Applebee's, TGI Friday's, like, Happy, Happy Birthday kind of song. It's the one that Michael Jackson owned the rights to for a while. And also, she got a piano for her birthday. A little stand-up piano. Where, did they sign it in lieu of a card? Is that what the idea is? I That was my understanding, you know? Uh, and I mean, I got a piano one year for a birthday. So I was like, yeah, if somebody did that for me, I would be very excited. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> it did happen. it seemed it was a cute gift i have to say it was a very thoughtful one too Mm -hmm. considering the the boyfriend who doesn't like romance is the one that presented it to her and i was like you're Mm -hmm. above romance and you give Mm -hmm. her a piano yeah i thought it was from her grandfather uh it's actually from all of the boys but Because they say that we all chipped in for it, but he's the one that presents it to her, I believe. Yeah, that's why I was like, I thought it was just the grandpa, but yeah, you're right. Um, what else? What else is there? Oh, so while watching this movie, Mickey Rooney does that whole sports announcement. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he's everybody. Do you I thought think, that was cool. <laughs> do you think though that that was like written in because he he would do that? No, you think that revised? You th- oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it was like written in. I really, it felt, or maybe it just felt so in the moment that it did feel organic. That exactly, that it just sort of cropped up. It felt improvisational to me, and I liked it. And I thought that too because of um, Judy's laughter, you know, half, you know, and, and like you could hear her giggling. I was like, I bet you it was just wasn't supposed to be what it was, and that's kind of what makes it cool. It felt you like know? a a Robin Williams bit. Yes, yes. Well, before Robin Williams, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, to modernize mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the metaphor, or whatever. But sure. like it, I mean, I'm not gonna lie though, like. As much, I, I don't know how I feel about the movie overall. I did laugh a lot at Mickey Rooney because, like, you're supposed to. So yeah, he's funny. I didn't realize. I now have homework. 
thing is, is, and I think it's so easy to forget, but the reality is, is these movies were only made 80 years ago, you know? And think about how much cinema, how far cinema has come since then. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of students and part of the educational process for them is like a lot of them want to work on the more contemporary musicals, you know, whatever's currently playing on Broadway. And I do inevitably ask at some point, I'm like, yeah, but you need to pick like one golden age musical. You need to pick one of these older shows to familiarize yourself with, because you have to understand where we've come from in order to see like potentially where this could go. And how we got here, you know? So it's important, I think, if you're a lover of musicals, even if you're not like big into the older musicals and being like, well, the plot's not great or this not great or there's a lot of misogyny. I mean, yes, these yes. are all sentiments. And Lord, you know what? And you can sit and you can complain. We can look at it with our 2022 vision and feel all those feelings, but that doesn't, I don't know if that necessarily discredits the work that was put in during a really difficult time in history. Like, does that take away all of its merit? I don't think it does. And I'm, I wonder if people agree or disagree with me. I don't know. So I think that's why it's important to view view these. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, TCM has a hub on HBO Max so if you wanted to familiarize yourself with older movie musicals or just older movies in general, it's a really good starting place. That, and I would also recommend um, the Criterion Collection uh, oh, that's yeah. on Hulu. Those are two Oh, really it's on good- Hulu now? Yes. Do yes, they, it is. Oh, like yeah. all of it, or is it... I'm not sure if all of it is, but a decent amount of it is. So I'm just talking if you're just trying to, you know, get your feet wet uh, to pick an analogy, a metaphor, as it were. I think that that's important if you're going to be watching these newer musicals, these newer newer television shows that have a lot of music in them. It's good to understand, like, where did it come from? Right. I mean, even, like, rom-coms. Yeah. This, is, this was a rom-com mm-hmm. back in the day. Yes. And so a lot of the tropes that we see in modern rom-coms were birthed out of golden age obviously yeah Yeah. like um like clearly these two characters are wrong for each other and shouldn't be together but they're Mm -hmm. going to be at the end you'll see dang it (laughs) or like the you know the trope of one of them hates the other and it's usually the woman hates the man Mm -hmm. in the in this case that's but also, in a lot of cases, but no, yeah, she doesn't really like him. That's what right. the whole song. I couldn't. Could I? Was it? I could use you. That's what that whole song's kind of about. Could you use me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lauren, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flay out? I think that if you didn't enjoy history class in school, regardless of what level of school. Um, this is a good way to connect history, like actual real world events to what was going on in musicals and movie musicals. Um, it's fascinating. 
And it's, I, I don't know, I find that to be extremely insightful. And it's something that I hadn't really considered myself until I was, you know, in college and took a musical theater history class. And as an adult now, you know, working with students and realizing the same thing can be said with popular music, that, you know, the music was reflective of what was going on, or it was an escape from what was going on. So I think it's important to honor and recognize these older movies and older movie musicals. I'm going to drill that point home <laughs> over the next, over the, any other MGM musicals that we watch over the next couple of months. I, I think that that's very important and okay. it will make history more interesting for people who are like, I didn't like history. I didn't do school sucked. And I'm like, well, school does suck. That is true. Sometimes school sucks, but here's a way that you can take something that you really like and connect it to the real, the real world. Learn in another way. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into strap and flat. Shall we? Okay. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Uh, do you want to go first with your sharps? Yes, I can do that. Um, I'm a stickler for dumb comedy. <laughs> it's not a stickler. That's not the right word. Words are hard today, everybody. You're a fan. Words are hard. They're fooling me. Always hard. They're always See? hard. It's the humidity. It's getting to what's left of my poor mushy brain. Um, I. Uh, what are some of my sharps? Because now I'm no. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you I, need to, I need to berate myself on the inside for being a little bit dumb today, and let somebody else do most of the talking. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 we kind of talked about it, but I'm gonna sharp Ginger's birthday dress. I was watching it. And I was just like, how is this construct now? Okay. So I don't know if I've officially said it, but I do work in costumes. I will say that. Um, I won't say in what capacity. So I was just wondering how it was constructed. And as, if anybody knows where I can look at, <laughs> at this dress in person, please let me know. You'll know the, well, you know, the socials, if not, I'll say it again later. Um, I also loved Mickey Rooney's physical comedy. It's such a sharp, it's so funny. Um, he's doing things that like Buster Keaton was doing in uh, silent films. Yeah. Uh, that's the other group, Laurel and Hardy. That's it. Um, and also, so one of the gags that really made me laugh out loud was in the beginning, the wheel of the cart being uh falling off and then him <laughs> and rags pick up the actual wheel and the spokes stay on the ground and they were like whatever <laughs> and then they just keep going like that whole bit was so funny i was just like sharp fucking sharp 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 <laughs> um and then you know I, I like the music i mean you can't go wrong with gershwin music that's true uh, okay, Lauren, what are your sharps, if you thought of them? I had forgotten how much I liked the song, but not for me. 
And I sort of like, there's just songs like, you know, you hear them once or twice in your life and they're there and then they just sort of like forget. And when she started singing that song, I got emotional. Because I think yes. the last time I heard it was like when my grandpa was still alive. And I just, I, the emotional sense memory of that just sort of like took me over, which might also be why I'm a little mushy brained because I'm like, experiencing some moments of grief right now. I don't oh, really- I'm sorry. I don't- no, no, don't apologize. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, the, 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 what is it that they say in WandaVision? What is grief but love persevering? So mm. that's sort of how I think of it now. I'm like, I got to, you know, I've experienced great happiness in my life. So naturally this, the, the valleys are going to be pretty low. The peaks are pretty high. Um, besides the point. Um, and I love her rendition of that song. Like, love it, love it, love it. Because it, it's a ballad, right? Is it, it always? Is. Yes, and it's all. It basically, the whole song is, you know, like the, all these wonderful things are going on. All these people are falling in love, but it's not for me. Meaning, you know, she she feels she's feeling left out, and she's acknowledging the fact that you know this is these this is my circumstance at the moment. Letting yourself feel that sorrow, I think, is a very healthy thing. Yeah. Not to live in it, but to experience it is important. So that gets a major. Double sharp for me. Oh. <laughs> Music nerds, watch out. She's here, sort of. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that um, I, I, I so love Judy and Mickey's chemistry. I mean, it was no, it's a known fact that like the two of them were really good friends on and off camera, even though like Hollywood was trying to push them into being in a relationship. It never was that. But the reality is, is that, you know, they, they have such a good, friendship and such, and that's reflected in the work in their scenes though it's just the two of them those two-handers are so good and so it's just they make it look easy I almost hate them for how easy they make it look those are my two big ones uh real quick question though could you tell that it was two different directors doing the entire movie and then I got rhythm or did it feel kind of cohesive? Only slightly. And it's only because of the way it was shot. I see you. I see That yes. was the only real indicator for me personally. Because when you mentioned about them being in the same shot together, I, the image came up of them singing the end of I Got Rhythm and it's just their two heads. And it's like, <laughs> that's so different than the rest of the movie. It almost feels oddly out of place. And I, it is... Yeah, you have too many. There was two chefs throwing things into the pot. I wonder what the movie would have been like if Busby Berkeley actually directed the whole thing. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> wouldn't every- have paid any money of her money back. <laughs> so every once in a while in this section, we have what I like to call unnatural. It's neither a sh- it's neither a sharp nor a flat, but I still want to highlight it and still, in this case, question what it is, and that is. What exactly is Cody College? <laughs> I, I think Cody is just code for cowboy. Cowboy College. <laughs> but like the, the, the dean has like a chemistry set in his office. And right. they, there are apparently classes that they go to. But then they also have that camping expedition every once in a while, once a week, once a month, whatever it is. And every so two just, weeks that every two, two weeks, weeks that's it so i'm just like what is this college i don't um, i don't get it oh well they did say the only reason i know this is because they so 
I watch everything with subtitles, everything. Okay. Not, it is not due to the fact that I'm hard of hearing. It's nothing like that. I started doing it because there were certain movies and television shows where there was a very real imbalance between like the action sounds and then the dialogue. So yes. the action stuff would be super duper loud. Or the music would be super duper loud. But the dialogue would be really quiet. Like they weren't really that close to the microphone. Like, give me some ASMR, asthma, whatever vibes. Or they means- lowered the mic down to yes. zero. Yeah. <laughs> What is this nonsense? This isn't cinematic surround sound. Like, get with the program. Anyway, so I started right watching everything with subtitles because I was like, I don't. And also, first of all, it helps me absorb the information quicker because I read faster than I than sometimes I can process via hearing. And also, like for movies, like you know, movie musicals and things like that, it's just good to be able to be like, okay, that's what the lyrics are. That's what's going on. Um, but so the reason I say this is because um, it was said that it was the college, the Cody College of Mining and Agriculture. Ah, got it. So but... mind, why they were talking about like going down underground. They were talking about like, that's why there was a chemistry set and all that, because chances are they were developing chemicals for uh... the industry. Uh... So he got, well. <laughs> he got kicked out of Yale to go to, or he got pulled from Yale to go to Cody. <laughs> Daddy didn't want to pay for Yale anymore. <laughs> um, I'm still leaving it as a natural though, because I don't understand what's going on with that college. It's a uh, weird college, and it, I understand why the state was whatever state it was. <laughs> it's gonna be like my dumb joke for the rest of the day. Um, whatever state it was, um, the governor would probably be like, "No, you can't have any more money. Nobody knows what you're doing over there." Oh my god, uh, Lauren, what are your flats? Or do you want me to go first again? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think I am clear-headed enough to know what movie we're talking about and what I didn't necessarily like. Okay. As soon as I said that, of course, I'm like, or I could be confused. Um, I don't necessarily like the idea of indigenous people being used as props. Yeah. Yeah, that was that I would like to point out and say that this is this is a problem. Or the fact that Mickey Rooney started talking to those two indigenous people who brought him back to the college after, you know, Whitey the horse <laughs> disappeared on him. Uh, and he started you know, speaking in broken English to these two indigenous people and then the two of them like just in perfect English replied back to him I mean I like ooh okay I I believe though they at least cast people of color to play them I well we it could be makeup like we don't know I, I want to think so, but I also I, think Hollywood, and I'm like, well, maybe not. I mean, jump ahead 20 years to his uh, most iconic role in Not a Good Light. Yes, exactly. So, like, do we really want to trust Hollywood? Do True. we? True. So, but I want, but that was the one moment for me where I was like, this is, I, this is not cool. <laughs> like, I, this is not cool at all. I see you and I raise you Polly and Rags in Native American costumes during the Rodeo. Yes. Well, I wasn't sure what Rags was, so I didn't want to assume anything where Rags came from. Um, 
And so I don't really know personally, um, but yes, uh, same thing. Using somebody else's, you know, culture. certain people and their culture and their outfits as a fop. I mean, you speak, you spoke of history before. Like we have to also learn the dark side of things where um, media used people of color, most notably indigenous folk as com- comic relief sometimes mm-hmm. or objects or objects which, so which another movie that you and i are going to talk about at a later date where this comes up as well so i'm like mgm y'all have so, to preparations to pay out mgm <laughs> so like yes know your history know that like it's still a problem mm-hmm. but not as prominent as it was back in the day um i mean goes to the shell aside there's there's still other <laughs> issues of it of whitewashing and everything um yeah, but there's, there's plenty of it plenty of it um my other flat though that i have is the editing and how things were cut out or th- things seemed to be cut out you could say it was clunky <laughs> it was clunky yes because like there's things that I feel like we're missing and I'm not sure if that's true or not because I haven't read, I didn't read anything to say otherwise, but it's just why. (laughs) Um, Would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, I know a lot of those Gershwin songs. I think honestly, I, I mean, most of them probably, honestly, except maybe the first song about being about the manhandling treat me rough yeah, treat me rough i might leave that one alone but i liked um, all, like really liked all the other ones i mean yes i agree with you but i like i think i would put at the top of the list fascinating rhythm and i got rhythm mm-hmm. just because they're the ones that i know the most sure, sure i don't know these other ones that well but like I would like to listen to them again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So new question for you, since you kind of brought it up earlier, would well. you, would you have some of your students learn? I got rhythm. I actually, here's an interesting story about that. One of the, the first student I ever worked with this, um, when I, me as being an adult anyway, um, that was the first song she brought to me was I Got Rhythm. She, she was doing it? it. Huh? Did she nail it? Like Ethel? They broke, they did it as a duet. So it was her and another young person okay. doing it for summer camp. Oh. It was their summer camp talent show. And this student now, um, this she's my first voice student and we have gone on to work together since then. This was in 2018. Um, and she now is preparing to go to LaGuardia School of the Arts for voice. So yeah, so I got that's a full circle moment. Like I was like, oh, I forgot I got rhythm is in this movie. Oh yeah, I remember I was working on it with insert name here <laughs> all those years ago, four years ago, which at this point feels like a bloody lifetime. But hey, what do I know? So is she the only student that has done it since? Yes, yes. Would would you say though that that's like? you were talking earlier about learning your history, learn where things are coming from Mm -hmm. in this movie. 
is I Got Rhythm the one that is like the one that you would teach people or is there another or is there a different one that you would? Huh. I think that I Got Rhythm is the most accessible, especially for a younger person. It still, it, the rhythms are just the right amount of interesting and complex, but it's not something like fascinating rhythm where it's there's lots of offbeats and things like that where yeah i think that it's it is a good intro to like musical theater jazz okay so that, Look, does that answer your question that does answer my question but <laughs> lauren we're done with the episode oh my gosh we made it and what a bumpy ride it was much it like, was much like the ride that rags and philandering college boy oh D- danny david what was this doesn't matter. <laughs> I say it was Churchill. That, that's all I'll say. Danny like, Churchill Jr. That's it. Danny Churchill Jr. and Rags took on that wagon. I'm like, that's what this episode felt like for me. <laughs> the one of the wheels was just like falling. It was just off. And it's like, oh. so not your fault. It's no, 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 no. It's not your fault. It's the fact that my brain might be mush. <laughs> oh, so, good. Uh, what do you have to plug or promote? Oh, goodness. Um, if you are interested in studying with me, uh, people apparently have asked me lately, I still keep my rates real reasonable, like 50 or $60 an hour. So if you need a decent voice teacher or monologue coach, I could be your person. At the very least, you know, you're going to be amused. Probably. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to advertise myself. And if you want to contact me about anything like that, you can find me on the Instagram at L A G I Z Z underscore S A N G S. And that's Lodges Sangs. John will be hopefully be nice enough to put it somewhere in the breakdown of the everywhere. Episode. It's everywhere. Be everywhere. <laughs> and if you want to reach out to me and talk about, I don't know Gershwin's I guess yeah <laughs> film history uh you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com I'm also on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at buttersongpod tell me recommend a Mickey Rooney movie I mean mm-hmm. I can go through his all his whole filmography but there's a shit ton so point them out um and as a lot of you who our dedicated listeners thank you so much for listening if you noticed next episode is a milestone episode mm. uh and if you want to prepare for that one we are going to be talking about diana the musical Ooh. now this will be the first staged production uh filmed staged production that i'll be doing on the podcast because like i said it's a milestone episode it's a little different but if you're interested in like us covering more of that, write in. You know, I just said the socials. Um, so thank you everyone for 149 episodes today. Oh my gosh. So yes. many. Yes, Please. this is 149. Um, God, I'm so happy to be doing this. This is amazing. Um <laughs> And one day we'll maybe make money off of it. <laughs> if you like us, give us money. If you don't yep. like us, give us money to go away. It's yeah, I'm trying to... I'm, I might be doing a... I might do a Patreon. I'm still figuring out things. Mm-hmm. 
but you know who knows if you have an idea for a patreon let me know i'll i'll do it uh but everyone thank you so much for listening once again uh and have a wonderful day bye for now everyone bye Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.